0: Hi, I'm Mike Sibley, leader of the James Moore Manufacturing Team. On this episode of More on Manufacturing, we're joined by Tom Daly with Sales Acceleration. Tom is a fractional or outsourced sales VP that helps small and medium-sized businesses uh, achieve their best sales performances. And of course, uh, many of our local listeners may know Tom from his time with the SDBC, try and get that right. And uh, you know Tom's helped a lot of the small businesses in the area, and has been able to expand out on his own, and is helping businesses again. On like I said, on the on the fractional or, or sales VP side of things. So uh, we're really excited to have Tom on the show. Th- this episode we're going to be discussing sales and sales strategies, and of course with the running theme that we have on on the show of how do, how do we turn this into growth and value of the business? We really want we really want to give uh, information about uh, things that will help the value of your business grow over time, uh, whether you plan on selling someday or you just, you know, in general need to, you know, that's that's the goal of a business. So, uh, Tom, welcome to the show. I appreciate you spending some time with us on here and uh, uh, looking forward to your insights. Thanks, Mike. It's great to be here. So, you know, we were, we were talking, I don't know, a week and a half ago or so. And, uh, you know, one thing I wanted to clear up right off the bat was, um, cause you, you pointed out when I had, I had said something about sales and marketing and you were mm-hmm. like, so sales and marketing are different. I, I do realize that of course, yeah. but why don't you yeah. first just talk and make sure, because I do think sometimes you hear companies talk about sales, but they're really talking about marketing versus sales strategies. Do you mind kind of just talking about what the differences are there just to clear that up?
1: Yeah, sure. So that's, that's a great question. And, and, and to your point, easily understood, misunderstood. Because you figure, okay, isn't marketing and sales, aren't they both trying to get customers? So um, to a degree, that's true. But what we really find is that they are um, they're related, but very different. So they have to be on the same page. The marketing end of things is really crafting a compelling message, kind of creating like a unique branding and then they're deciding what the best media delivery methods are for a particular company or industry right so they're they're doing that that piece the content uh to really make the brand shine where in the sales lane um in in the best case scenario the sales they're mainly responsible for finding and developing those leads that are of high value and so what that really means is their job is to find prospects with high needs certainly they, they would love to get leads that are hopefully generated by marketing and then to develop them a little more, but their role is to really um, talk with the customer to understand where are those needs and desires if they exist and then to figure out they should know their product or their service extremely well so that they can find those clients that they can delight very easily so they're really that they're, they're, their role is to close the sale certainly, but in a way their job is most the most important part of their job is that discovery. What is the client's, uh, what are their needs, pain points, desires? What are they hoping to accomplish? And the sales rep needs to be the expert on what that solution is. Because at the end of the day, when those two match up, we've got a delighted client that hopefully is sticky long term and generates other referrals, hopefully through through the piece. So they're kind of joined at the hip. So then they have to understand the messaging, but they do think two things completely differently, uh, hopefully to the same end, of course, but they do it differently.
0: And it's important to kind of differentiate the two. Well, and, I, and I, that's a great explanation because in some ways, and I, and I definitely don't mean to offend any marketing people versus I know there, a lot of times they're yeah. different departments or different skill sets, but, you know, I, I've seen companies who advertise or will have the branding and think they're doing sales, but really that's kind of a passive marketing approach as opposed to getting out there. I mean, even, even we do, you know, our our partners and our managers and and people within the firm, we go out and we talk to prospects and that's kind of the selling process. But we have our marketing team who brands the firm, who gets the messages, who helps craft the messages in that sort of passive sort of way. So there, there's an active and a passive almost in some way. And I think sometimes companies fall into the passive side of things, more of the marketing thinking they're selling.
1: Yeah, I agree. And a lot of times you'll hear, you know, internally, it's kind of like, well, why aren't the sales reps following the message, right? You get some of that. Or why aren't they closing Mm -hmm. more business? And salespeople saying, well, why won't marketing give us things that bring us more leads? And you just kind of say, well, that sort of conversation misses the point, right? Um, So they do two Mm -hmm. things differently. But Marketing can be a salesperson's best friend as they're trying to um, get their own messaging out there as a content expert on their social media feeds and and really in their in their marketing behavior on email. A lot of that content may be Mm -hmm. created by marketing, so they're not reinventing the wheel. And then vice versa, the sales team is out there in the field, in the real world, talking to clients, hearing stuff, hearing new things that are happening. They can bring that back to the marketing department and just say, hey, I'm seeing a trend out there that might be right in our wheelhouse where the marketing people and say, wow, that's really interesting. Let's go to work on a really cool message there. So when that, when that dialogue is happening on a pretty regular basis, um, it can really create a lot of, a
0: lot of firepower. Sure. Well, and that, that kind of just drive into my next question for you because you know obviously, uh, you know that might be an area that companies struggle with is having that conversation. But you know, besides having mm-hmm. just a, a you know lack of a sales strategy, what are some things? What are some areas that you see that companies struggle to handle properly as it relates to the sales piece, or even the sales and marketing, but pro- you know, around the sales side of things.
1: Yeah, so that's a, a really big and important question, and it's one that I'm I'm here to say it was kind of nice in my, um, my time with the SBDC I got to talk with a lot of businesses, I think over 300 in two years, and it was really interesting that a lot of folks have good pieces and parts of it, but the overall process or sales process um, usually could could use some uh, examination just because it's a dynamic process, right? So. Um, at its core, a lot of folks think about salespeople as sellers, right? They're out there; they're big personalities, or you know, they're very articulate and they're talking a mile a minute, and that's like the biggest mistake ever, right? At the at its core, sales process is just that; it is a specific um, protocol of how things work, and it does start at the strategy end. So we're talking about, you know, what is it we do really, really well and um, who are our best clients. And you're kind of matching those things up because you want to continue that on. It also is dynamic because it changes. Uh, there can be disruptions. There can be uh, changes in the market and customer behavior. So that's important. But what's cool is that the process never really changes. And when I say process, they're like, well, what does that mean exactly? Well, it's a lot of things. Yeah. Um, but it should be highly functioning, transparent, fully understood, adopted by the entire organization. And so if you um, everybody's pretty familiar with CRMs um, Mm -hmm. and they're a great tool, but a lot of times they're not fully um, utilized or exploited because that's kind of a um, a digital graphical representation of what that process is, which can be pretty nuanced by company or industry. But in general, it has a starting point. It has you know, usually a lead, um, it has a you know, qualification, there's a, a dialogue or need development where we're kind of learning about what those pain points are for a customer. And then based on their needs, assuming it's appropriate, we have a presentation or proposal and closing the sale. Some variation of that, but those things are important. And what makes that really work is that the goals are defined, understood by all, especially the people that are doing the sales, Metrics that allow us an ability to, based on what we think can happen. So, you know, so many presentations equal a sale, so many appointments equal a presentation, so many outreaches equal an appointment. And we have that through experience. And then if we don't know, we kind of set a goal, but knowing we're going to adjust it. And we kind of move through that on a regular basis in a systematic function. And those KPIs or key performance indicators i mean just let's call it what it is metrics or measurements that creates accountability for behaviors for the sales team for the sales management team and then overall so that we're actually watching those things happen so we can say well we're not getting enough activity why is that are we not reaching the right people there there's a lot of things but in real time we're seeing how am i doing right it's like it's just the basic question how's my business doing and so we can measure that and that's part of the process and then with that CRM, you know they're, they're all pretty good these days. It, de- it delivers a dashboard to executive management so that they don't feel the temptation to kind of get in there and say, what's going on? Let me mm-hmm. mess with it because you know, that, that can be unproductive. But they need access and, and optics into what's going on in my sales um, functionality and that dashboard should give them what they need. So that process remains the same. And again, I said disruptions and things happen. I mean, gosh, we just came through a pandemic, right? Disrupted a whole lot of Mm -hmm. businesses, but it gives you the ability to, the process doesn't change but we may decide to tweak different things. And when you have a process, it's not ad hoc, right? You're not trying to manage this piece of it with a side spreadsheet. You're not just trying to go, ah, maybe we should try this. You're using measurables to um, validate what you think is really going on out there. So um, it's very comforting to management. And honestly, I would submit that companies that adopt a process that's um, uniform, and You can always nuance it. I mean, salespeople are good at that. You always want to introduce your own personality. That's how we bond mm-hmm. with people. But if people are following that process, um, the chances of achieving success or at least the desirable metric um, accomplishment is much, much higher. And, and you can, again, you can measure it and you can figure out in a hurry. Hey, that ain't working. So great. Let's, p- let's pivot a little bit and change it. And, the, and it really gives you those tools and that structure to be able to do that.
0: And th- that's great information. I think we could probably spend a day just digging into each <laughs> different component that you just mentioned there. But just kind of some things that I heard hmm. though, and and this kind of goes in and out of sales strategy, and we'll dig into that a little bit in a, in a minute here. But you know, companies not understanding the market or their cust- and not understanding their customer needs well enough are two issues. The tools that they use are they are they adequate to help them uh, manage? The client and relationship and interactions, and uh, then of course you mentioned um, uh, the metrics and understanding how this is evolving, and of course probably overall just not having a sales process. So these are all things that you've seen mm-hmm. companies lack in their process, and that that hurts them. Not having that ability, because then how do you repeat? How do you ma- manage it? How do you you know? I we always kind of say you can't you can't manage what you can't measure. So even in the sales process, yep. you know, those measurements to see how you are doing and how you are functioning are really important. Did I kind of summarize that and and close? <laughs>
1: yeah. You, you, no, that's absolutely right. And and again, I would submit and it is not a slam on any company or anything. This stuff is not terribly familiar to those that haven't really managed large organizations and sales. So a typical scenario is a company is doing an awesome job at what they do. Right. And everything is mm-hmm. getting they get bigger over time, more successful. They get more clients, etc. And and somehow the sales revenue seems to start flattening out at a period of time. And that doesn't mm-hmm. have to do with not doing well. They're actually doing so well that it got to that point. But what ended up happening is the sophistication level of managing that process just grew. And so now a typical owner or CEO is having to do a whole lot more that they're responsible for. And it's very, very difficult. So without that process, it's tough. It's almost like your, your buyer's journey should make it super easy for your client to do business with you. I mean, at, at its base level, that's mm-hmm. what we're trying to do. Yes. So we, we want the process to be simple enough that everybody understands it, recognizes it. It's not difficult to do. And again, those ad hoc things that we kind of do in the moment to fix a problem can increase complexity and complexity um, breeds inefficiency. So that's why we do what we do. And, and you brought up another thing about when we go to the strategy piece, the other thing that you hear from a lot of companies is, yeah, our sales, we have like two or three people, they're doing an awesome job, but we have a just a revolving door of turnover. Um, and I just don't understand it. And a lot of times, you know, it's, everybody hears, oh, it's really hard to hire right now. Well, it certainly is. Mm-hmm. But what ends up mm-hmm. happening is that. Without a sales strategy and structure, we also can't define what is the skill set that we absolutely need for people in the sales game so that we can figure out, are they the ones that are going to be able to be accountable? Can they um, master our solution, understand it in a way that a client can understand the value proposition? And then will they be people that will be um, comfortable with being held accountable? And a lot of times when you kind of do the post-mortem of why did they leave? Well, you know, they weren't organized, they weren't this, et cetera. But we find out maybe there's a little more going on there. Maybe we didn't really identify the right person. We, we picked the person that was willing to take the job. And, and sometimes we feel desperate, but we can see why that can be an ineffective strategy because there's a high cost to that. So um, there's all that. And then in between those two is the compensation plan. A lot of times the comp plan was written a few years ago, it worked, but all of a sudden, when we really dig down underneath the covers there, all of a sudden we're seeing some things that we're compensating people for things that may not be quite as profitable for the client as they were several years ago. So we need to make sure that that comp plan, so we've got the human part, hopefully the assessment part, And then we know what the strategy is. We need to have a compensation plan that absolutely drives the proper behavior. Because you and I were talking about it, that entrepreneurial mindset where every member of the company really recognizes their importance to the contribution of the overall success of the company. That has to hold true for our salespeople so that the, the things that they're doing, the people they're talking to, and the solutions that they're selling um, they're being compensated to do the things that are in the best interest of the company. And if you leave that compensation plan, they really should be reviewed on an annual basis, at least. If those things aren't really uh, changing like your company is or your marketplaces or your customers are, um, that could be an area of, of potential loss, too. So it's, it's like a whole lot of moving parts. And it sounds mm-hmm. complex, and when you start out, it can be, but the idea is you're honing it down to a very simple, understandable, and executable strategy.
0: Yeah, and that, and that, makes, that makes a lot of sense. And I think two things, a lot resonated in there, but uh, one thing you mentioned was as a business grows, you find that the owner, the CEO, the owner is getting stretched thin. And one of the things we talk about in a business in terms of growing its value is the ability for the CEO to not be everything to the business, because if if somebody's going to come in someday and buy this business and you pull, they pull you out of it. And all of a sudden the business fails. That's, that's not good. That's not good for the business. Um, So that's one of the things that in coming up with these strategies and building this team out is that it can't just all be on the owner or you're not going to build that business growth business value you know the other thing is and I think you know you sometimes you describe these things and you said it can sound really complicated but this is for small businesses on up we're not talking about fortune 500 level type technologies and strategies and all this kind of stuff you work with small businesses on this and help them develop and and you know maybe the complexity changes over time but it's important for, I think for every size business to have some level of a strategy and process would, would you agree with that?
1: Absolutely, and uh, to your point with the CEOs, when you when you've achieved a level of success, right, you also then feel very responsible for it. And most, not not all, but a lot of uh, owners are Type A personalities that they feel like I must fix it. Mm-hmm. It's important. It's a priority. Let's get it done uh, because it plays to their nature of I can fix things. And at mm-hmm. a certain point, that scale is so big that sometimes we shouldn't. And I lived that, I was a former business owner, I did exactly that. And, and you have to almost save yourself from yourself. Mm-hmm. And sometimes those processes do, whether it's the sales process or anything else you're doing. And a mutual friend of ours, uh, Lowell Lohman, talks about helicoptering, right? So when he was running his businesses, he wanted to be way up there. He wanted to know what's going on all the time so I can mess with it and say, what's going on over there? It doesn't look right. But he resisted the temptation of trying to go in there and do it because he realized a couple of things. Number one, um, employees can feel like, OK, you know, whatever, mm-hmm. I guess you can handle it. They also may not exactly understand what you did. So it's great to explain, hey, this is what we're doing and this is why I give this a whirl. That's coaching. If mm-hmm. I do it for you, it's harder to get that lesson. So that's super important. And then small businesses, too, um, always. Every business should be kind of looking or at least keeping in the back of their mind, you and I talked about this, um, an exit strategy. What would that look like? And why am I attractive to a potential buyer and those type of things? And yes, it has to do with how successful you've been financial. And that's a big part of it. And I don't mean to um, discount that in any way because that's huge. Um, mm-hmm. But what is also important is are processes in place. Are they executable? Could someone else come in and basically take the reins and be able to pull the dials and the levers to be able to continue to be successful? And usually that comes down to what are the processes like? What's working? Is there anything ad hoc that would have to be reinvented? And when they do their due diligence, they'll be like, oh, OK, look at all of those processes in place. They seem to be working. Uh, that seems to happen, etc." That is very attractive to a potential buyer or even private equity saying, OK, how much mm-hmm. needs to be fixed? Um, and if they say, well, not a lot, that increases the the, the value of the company. It just does.
0: Yeah, I, um, I agree. So it's hard,
1: hard to find a, a downside to systematizing.
0: No, I agree. Let's switch gears a little bit on, you know, something that you point out to me, and I don't know that it's well understood, um, but value proposition in terms of building that into an effective sale. What does that mean? Can you describe what that means?
1: Yeah, it's great. I mean, I I, I guess in business now we get so fond of our own jargon and say, "What, what does that exactly mean? What does value proposition mean? And again, I always start with the buyer's journey. Uh, trying to figure out, you know, wh- how how do they create interest? I mean, a lot of times now it's usually a, a Google search, right? So they're they're getting just an idea of what's out there, what's happening, et cetera. Um, we need to understand what are they looking for. So we have to understand what those issues are. And sometimes it even means go back to your customer base, go to some of your best customers, and be blunt. Say, why in the world do you do business with us? What what what, what works for you? What works uh, for you about our relationship? Um, how could we be doing a better job? You know, those type of things. um, You might hear things you're not really expecting that might be important, but understanding that core is going to be super, super important. There are also times, as we talk about pivoting and and disruptions, there might be that one of your super profitable products or services in the past Mm -hmm. no longer quite that interesting to our clients anymore. In fact, you may have found yourself having to discount more to move the same amount, That's a time to understand, okay, well, maybe we don't need to be in this business or we need to charge more for it, even if we have less clients, all of those type of things. Mm -hmm. But those things then allow us to say, this is what we do really well. It is profitable for us. It delivers awesome value to our clients. And then the question is, how and why? I guess it's two questions, right? How and why? And that's the core of the value proposition. So as we are able to delight customers... We, are, we help them be more profitable, more efficient, more productive, more competitive in their own markets. That's what we do. And I, I, we were talking about this too. I, I, I'm a stickler for websites that are really simple and really go to that core. So um, if I'm doing a Google search as a client, I'm just trying to figure out what's out there. Hopefully my SEO is getting my website to be higher on the ranking. So I land on or they land on my page. Um, hopefully it talks about their pain point. You know, this is what, you know, this is a common issue for many manufacturers, right? Mm -hmm. And then hopefully it also describes what is the end state? Well, wouldn't it be nice if you were able to do this in the future? And I'm I'm obviously just using generalities. And then I just kind of say, well, my value proposition is I've been doing this for 15 years and we've helped over 2,500 customers or, or whatever. So it's just sort of that proof source. And then as they dig deeper in your menus, I like to keep it actually that simple. Then they're kind of saying, you know, we help customers. It's always, we help customers do this. Because a lot of times, and you remember way back when a website was basically like, uh, it was all about me, right? Mm -hmm. I was born in a log cabin, you know, I struggled, I paid my way through college, I did all this. It was all about me. And at the end of the, you know, that's a cool story, but honestly, who cares? What we really care about, the client cares about, is how do you help me be a better company in what I'm trying to accomplish? So the value proposition is simply that. It is client-focused. It's specific. We don't want to talk in generalities like, we'll make you wealthier. We'll make you more profitable. (laughs) That may be true, but to be very specific about what it is you're doing, that's your value proposition. And part of that is you also bring up another thing. How am I relative to my competition? Is there a niche that I'm really, really good at? Well, I want to focus on those because I'm going to be more rifle shot than I am shotgun approach. So really talking to the customer in their terms versus what's important to you, that's that's really the key to value proposition.
0: That is a, that's a great explanation. I I think it makes a lot of sense. And I think it does, Mm -hmm. you know, I I can see how that definitely plays into that sales strategy in terms of building that. But, and and along that line, so we've talked about sales strategy a lot and as we come to kind of a finish here, I always like to leave with a a couple of maybe points for our our listeners to to think about, but, you know, maybe what are, what are some steps Mm -hmm. that uh, you know uh, one of our manufacturing uh, listeners can take to set up a, proper sales strategy? Obviously they can start by giving you a call, but besides that, what are some things, what are some, just a couple of steps that they can do? Sometimes just getting started is the hardest thing and then it kind of flows, but uh, what are a couple of steps that they can do to kind of start setting their, their sales strategy?
1: Yeah, I mean, that's a great question and there's a lot out there. One of the things, and you and I advocated too, um, particularly for manufacturers, like here locally, we have the VMA. I know in other geographies, we've got, um, uh, a lot of manufacturing um, associations, and I think that those peer groups are really important. And and sometimes it's in a safe space because I think everybody kind of relates to each other about you know what's going on. So sometimes just kind of having that conversation with other folks in your space, people you trust, uh, just saying you know have you guys are you doing anything differently with your sales strategies than you did before, and just kind of getting that dialogue going. So I'm I'm a big fan of that. Um in my career I have really I've always been in sales but I've never been a, a a sales person. I've always been, you know, tell me about your pains and things like that and when I can't help uh what gives me satisfaction is to say hey, I know someone that you could have a conversation with. So I, I think that that's a plus. Um I also believe in a lot of different uh books. So I'm a big fan of uh, EOS or Entrepreneurial Operating mm-hmm. System. Um, it 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 goes all over the entire uh, construct of companies. But there's a big lesson to be learned there about um sales strategy and structure i really believe those the other thing that we do is even if you don't use us and you know, that it doesn't matter i love just talking to people I, I love doing this a podcast just talking to groups about this because even if they take a nugget of, of something and they can put it to work i feel like that's great that's awesome um on our website on my website or anything on SalesX, x there's a little sales assessment it's a freebie it just tells you you can just answer 10 quick questions and it kind of gives you a little bit of feedback of you know that's awesome that's going really well oh you might want to look at that and it just gives you something to do so whether you call on a consultant or somebody to help you doesn't matter as long as you drill down and understand where you might have some gaps that's a great place for you to start And then uh, I think, again, talking to your customers and then talk to your salespeople, too. Um, One of the other challenges for a CEO that's having to manage sales and production and uh, the financials and all of those times is just only so many hours Mm -hmm. in the day. um, Really making sure that you're having those conversations as much as you possibly can. You might have heard something that you didn't know because, you know, we're... We're all entrepreneurs at heart, but there's only so much you can do. So do the things you're awesome at, and, and try to ask and read about as best you can. So, um, yeah, if we help, great. But honestly, just just do it because uh, it's changing. It's so dynamic right now that you've got to make sure that your sales, your your conversations with your clients
0: are um, are fruitful. Tom, thank you. That that was that was great. A lot of helpful dialogue there. I really, really appreciate it. And and Tom, thank you for being on with the podcast with us today. Awesome. I, I really appreciate all your insights. This was really fantastic. I'd like to probably, you know, sometime in the future, get you back on and dig into some of these things a little more because there was just so much stuff that, you know, I, you know, we just kind of have to set aside because not enough time in one session to talk through this. But uh, again, really appreciate your time. Yeah. And of course, for our listeners, uh, appreciate you listening in and uh, hope you have a great rest of your day. To learn more about James Moore & Company's manufacturing services, go to jmco.com. And don't forget to subscribe to our More on Manufacturing series to receive updates when new videos and podcasts are released. If you'd like to be a guest, or if there's a topic you'd like to see covered on a future episode, contact us on our website. You can also follow us on social media for more news as the landscape on manufacturing continues to rapidly evolve.